welcome back to the podcast, everyone. And today, um, we're going to be focusing on the NBA playoffs. Uh, I, I would like to say it's going to be an in-depth analysis of the playoffs, but, you know, some people may have different opinions of that, but I feel like I've got some pretty good statistics here and some pretty good ways to compare um, how the teams did throughout the season. And hopefully that will give us some insight on how the series, all the series, will go Eastern and Western Conference. Uh, we're also going to be discussing the Lakers um, and, you know, some moves that they made and some problems just in general with the Lakers. Um, to start off, though, we're going to be going through the Eastern Conference and, you know, just we're going to go in um, numerical order here. Just starting off with the first seed in Miami. Miami is 17th in points per game. They are 23rd in rebounds per game. They are 8th in assists per game. And they are 4th in opponents' points per game. So with that being said, uh, you know, we're just going to go into this. Uh, the defense for the Miami Heat is obviously their focal point and what they are good at. And, you know, bam, you got Jimmy Butler you got some really good role pieces on that team. You got Tyler Harrow. You know, um, Tyler Harrow's a stud. I watched him when he was in high school and when I was in high school. We were in high school at the same time. I'd be sitting in class watching Tyler Harrow highlights, you know, of him him playing AAU and all that. But he's a stud, and I genuinely believe that. And I believe, uh, contrary to popular belief, that Tyler Harrow is going to be a star, superstar in the league in a few years just give him time to develop i believe he's still coming off the bench in their rotation if i if i'm remembering correctly but um so you know you got miami and you know before miami even plays um the play-in tournament has to go has to ensue and in the first round of the play-in tournament you have Atlanta and Charlotte, and you know obviously we're gonna uh, we're gonna be discussing the different possibilities for what the Heat may play, who they may play. Um, Atlanta, they are sixth in points per game, twenty second in rebounds per game, fifteenth in assists per game, and twenty first in op opponents' points per game. Now Atlanta. Um, and we're going to go and get the Hornets. Hornets are fourth, fourth in points per game, 17th in rebounds per game. They're first in assists per game, per game and they're 25th in opponents' points per game. So Atlanta and Charlotte, um, both of them are one of the top-ranked teams as far as scoring per game. And they're both one of the last-ranked teams in opponents' points per game. Charlotte at 17th is a little bit better in rebounds, and Charlotte is way better in assists per game. And they also are higher in points per game. Now, they do allow more points uh, than Atlanta, but just personally, I think that LaMelo is going to outplay Trey Young. Trey Young is going to have an amazing game. I understand that. But as far as just overall, I think LaMelo is going to have a better game. LaMelo has been amazing this season. He has some amazing passes. 
Uh, you can make a highlight reel just off of Lamelo Ball's passing. Um, and honestly, I think Charlotte's going to take that. Now, with both of those teams uh, wrapped up, um, we're going to go to Brooklyn and Cleveland. Now, the Nets, Brooklyn Nets, are ninth in points per game. They are 15th in rebounds per game. They are 10th in assists per game and 18th in opponents' points per game. Cleveland, on the other hand, is 25th in points per game, 18th in rebounds per game, 11th in assists per game, and 5th in opponents' points per game. So Cleveland has some good defense, and I think Cleveland has some real dogs on their team. Cleveland has guys that are going to fight for the ball, and they have guys that are going to go get the ball. And I think that that, that that might be the deciding factor in this game because the Nets, we all know the Nets are more, um, power, more they have more firepower than probably anyone in the East, to be honest. Um, you know, you look at the Sixers, they have uh, James Harden, uh, Joel, uh, all the role, Shake Milton, uh, all the role players they have. Tobias Harris, I believe he's still on the Sixers. I haven't really caught, I haven't really followed the NBA this season because it's just been kind of boring to me. And I feel like, you know, y'all may notice that in the podcast and the episodes that I do about the NBA. Because I'm not really ver, I'm not really well versed in the world of the NBA. But I did do my research for this. And I feel like Brooklyn is going to easily win this game. Brooklyn, you know, they've had injury. They had the whole stuff with James Harden. Uh, you know, Kyrie and KD are finally playing together you know, uh, on a regular basis now that Kyrie can play home games. Um, and I guess it just goes to show that you got to stand up for what you believe in because Kyrie, he, he did that and he's playing now, you know. Um, but regardless, I think the Nets are going to take this game. So with that being said, I have Charlotte and the Nets winning. So if the Nets win the game, they're going to go on to play Boston. Boston is third in points per game, 10th in rebounds per game, 14th in assists per game, and first in opponents' points per game. They're only allowing 100 points per game. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Boston is, again, they're one of those teams, and they're just like Cleveland, but Boston has more firepower. Boston has go-getters. They have dogs. They have guys that are going to fight for the ball. And as much as I hate to say it, I think Boston beats the Nets in a uh, in a seven-game series. Now, I'm not going to be doing a full playoff prediction. I'm just kind of – I'm trying to get a one through eight for everyone because the way that the play-in tournament is just kind of weird because I can't really compare series because of the play-in tournament. You know, I, I have to go into depth and just I'm trying to predict and get to where there's only eight teams that I have to look at. So that's to, that's why I'm kind of predicting these play-in tournament games. Um, and Cleveland, if they were to lose and if Atlanta were to lose – that means, oh no, I'm sorry. If Atlanta, whoever loses the Charlotte and Atlanta game is out of the playoffs in general. So, if Charlotte wins the game like I said they would, and they play Cleveland, 
you know, uh, just to refresh, Charlotte is fourth in points per game, 17th rebounds per game, first in assists per game, and 25th in opponents' points per game. And Cleveland is 25th in points per game, 18th in rebounds per game, 11th in assists per game, and 5th in opponents' points per game. So, with that being said, I feel like... I feel like the Hornets are going to win that game. I'd, Cleveland, they're they're really they're evenly matched. You know, they both have a star point guard. They both have a a, a good core. You know, as far as power forward, center, um, they both have good, really good role players on both teams, and just guys that can really go get you a bucket when you need it. Uh, I do feel like Lamelo is better than Darius Garland, though. I feel like LaMelo is better than Colin Sexton. So with that being said, I personally believe that Charlotte is going to make it into the eighth seed. Now, Miami, you know, if if Charlotte does make it into the eighth seed, Miami's going to destroy them. Miami, they're not, they're not, uh, they don't have a lot of firepower, but they have Duncan Robinson he can go get, you, go get you a three whenever you need it. Tyler Hero is a good isolation player. He can go get you a bucket when you need it. Jimmy Butler is an all-around great player. I know he had kind of an off-season this year, but just in general, he's a great player. Um, now we're going to touch on two teams that I haven't even mentioned yet. Well, I mentioned the Sixers, but we're going to be focused on the Philadelphia and Toronto series. Now, just to recap, the Sixers are 18th in points per game, 29th in rebounds per game, 21st in assists per game, and 8th in opponent points per game. The Raptors are 20th in points per game, 5th in rebounds per game, 29th in assists per game, and 7th in opponent's points per game. So these, oh, I'm sorry, that's the books. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry. The Raptors, wait. No, I read that right. I'm sorry. I read that right. The Raptors are 20th points per game, 5th rebounds per game, 29th assists per game, and 7th opponent's points per opponent, opponent, opponent's points per game. I'm sorry, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but this this is a really even series. And since James James Harden has moved on to the Sixers, you know, when he first got there, it was like, oh, you know, they're they're doing great. But it's just like a relationship. When you first get into a relationship, you know, it's going great, you know, the first month, first, you know, a few weeks, and then you'll start getting into arguments. And to com uh, to finish up my comparison, James Harden, he was doing great, you know, the first few weeks, first month in Philadelphia, and now now that playoff time is ensuing and coming to He's in a slump. He hasn't been playing good. There's tension in the locker room. Doc Rivers is blaming James Harden for losses. Um, the Sixers have problems. I mean, I saw a stat the other night. Joel Embiid had like 35. Uh, a, a few of the role players had like 25, 20 points. And James Harden, then they still lost. And what's the reason behind that? James Harden playing iso ball. James Harden has always played iso ball. And now that he's on a team, just like in Brooklyn, now that he's on a team that has really good players, he doesn't know how to share the ball. And that's his fundamental problem. 
And just like Kobe said way back when James Harden was lighting up the league, Kobe said you'll never win a championship the way that he plays. And you know, everybody was looking at him like he's crazy. It's like, what? The dude's scoring 50 a game. But it looks like it's coming to fr- in, into fruition here. Um, uh, you know, the Sixers, they score better. They don't, surprisingly, they don't rebound better at all. Uh, the Raptors, you know, they have a really young team. Scotty Barnes is probably their best player if I had to just throw out a name. He's the only memorable player on the Raptors besides uh, Siakam. I haven't really heard a lot from the Raptors this season, though. Um, they're both kind of even in assists per game, and they're both even in offensive or opponent points per game. Uh, this series could go either way. It's a really good matched-up team. The Raptors, I haven't really heard anything about you know tension in the locker room or anything like that. And I feel like in this playoff series, if things don't go the Sixers' way, or even if they advance, and then the next series things don't go their way, that tension in the locker room is going to blow up eventually. It's inevitable. You can't have people arguing over why they lost and who gets the ball and the tension not eventually explode, and that's what's going to happen. Moving on, we're going to go to Milwaukee and the Bulls. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are third in points per game, fourth in rebounds per game, 18th in assists per game, and 19th in opponents' points per game. And the Bulls are 13th in points per game, 30th in rebounds per game, 19th in assists per game, and 16th in opponents' points per game. Uh, I feel like this series is a walk for Milwaukee. I feel like they're just going to walk through them. Uh, way better scoring, way better rebounding. They're kind of they're even in assists, and they're even in opponent points per game. But I feel like Giannis is going to dominate the Bulls. I don't know who the Bulls have to stop Giannis. Um, you know, throughout the season, it was a common occurrence that the Bulls lost to top competitors in this league, and that they've been struggling and they started out really hot. You know, everybody was like, Oh my, you know, DeRozan MVP, uh, Zach Levine, you know, it, it was, it, they were going crazy. Uh, Cody, uh, Kobe white, you know, he's a great player, but I feel like with this Bucks team, the way they stretch the floor, the way that Giannis is just unstoppable and Giannis is developing a jump shot. Giannis is a natural leader for that Buck team. They built a team for Giannis and around Giannis. And I feel like they're unstoppable at this point. And I feel like they might walk through these playoffs again. They might. But I feel like Boston is their only real competitor. If they do play Philadelphia, it'll be a good series. Uh, but I feel like they're gonna they're just going to walk through them. Because I don't see anyone stopping Giannis. He's the best player on the planet. Uh, he's better than KD, he's better than LeBron. I love LeBron, but he's better than LeBron. And it's just, it's not looking good for for them. Um, and we're just going to, I'm going to move on to the Western Conference now. Um, 
and we're going to start with the play-in tournament. Uh, in the first round of the play-in tournament, the win-or-go-home round, we have the Pelicans and the Spurs. The Pelicans are 21st in points per game, 9th in rebounds per game, 13th in assists per game, and 13th in opponents' points per game. The Spurs are 8th in points per game, 7th in rebounds per game, 2nd in assists per game, and 23rd in opponent points per game. Uh, the Sp- this Spurs team is well coached. You know, Greg Popovich, he's doing a great job, uh, as he always does with, you know, it seems like there's players in this league that elevate role players. I feel like Greg Popovich is a coach that elevates role players. Um, This Pelicans team, you know, with C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion is still not playing, but they're a young team besides C.J. McCollum. They're a young team, and I don't see them getting any further than this play-in tournament game. So I feel like the Spurs are going to be in it. Um, and that's just that's what it is. You know, um, I, the Spurs, I haven't really heard a lot from them, but just off of their rankings in this league, you know, second in assists per game, that is Greg Popovich if I've ever seen it in a stat. That is Greg Popovich. That's what he does. He 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 inspires his team to go out there and do their thing and spread the ball. I mean, he he's just like he coaches like he's in college. You know, that's that's what college coaches push on their young players is that they need to spread the ball. That's what gets open shots, and that's what makes Greg Pop- Greg Popovich great. Now, moving on, um, we have the Timberwolves and the Clippers. The Timberwolves are first in points per game, sixteenth in rebounds per game, they're seventh in assists per game. And they are 24th in opponent points per game. The Clippers are 23rd in points per game, 21st in rebounds per game, 16th in assists per game, and 11th in opponent's points per game. And, you know, as far as this series, it's not a win or go home. Uh, you know, if, if they lose, they still have a chance to make the eighth. Whoever, whichever team loses has a chance to make the eighth seed. And, you know, whoever wins gets the seventh seed. Uh Person, I'm I'm just gonna take a little break from talking about this here. I hate to play in tournament. I'm just gonna say that uh, just up front. Uh, but to continue, um, I feel like the Timberwolves are gonna uh, have this have this in the bag. So I feel like the Timberwolves are gonna be the seventh seed. You know, Cat, he's had an amazing season. Um, and Anthony Edwards is a rising star in this league. And he's going to continue to be great, and he's going to continue to do great things. And I feel like he has MVP in his future. Um, as far as everything else, uh, I I feel like the Clippers. Um, they're going to play. Hold on, I got to get a drink of water here. Excuse me, I was a little parched. Um, but uh, like I was saying, to continue here. I do believe that the Clippers will beat the um, Spurs, as I, you know, as I predicted, that they would win that game because of just that young core in New Orleans and Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich's coaching. I believe that 
Uh, the Spurs are going to win that, and then they're going to go on to lose to the Clippers. Um, I'm not sure if Kawhi Leonard or Paul George will be playing in that game. Uh, they've been off and on all season, but if they do play, I feel like they have a chance to go deep into these playoffs. Um, but, you know, just fast forward here. Minnesota in the seventh seed and the Clippers in the eighth seed. So, with the Clippers in the eighth seed, we have the Clippers playing the Suns. I have the Clippers playing the Suns. The Suns are fifth in points per game, 14th in rebounds per game, fourth in assists per game, and eighth in opponent points per game. To recap here, the Clippers are 23rd in points per game, 21st in rebounds per game, 16th in assists per game, and 11th in opponent points per game. Like I said, we're not predicting past um, the first round, or we're not predicting the playoffs in general. I'm just trying to get a play-in tournament through the play-in tournament and compare the teams in the first round. So the Suns, uh, it's going to be a walk in the park for them. It's going to be a cakewalk. Uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, um, uh, Jay Crowder, you know, all their role players. I feel like with just the way that they score and the way that they move the ball and the way that they play defense, I feel like they're going to be – I mean, it could be a rematch of last year's finals. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, you know, they had the best record in the league uh, overall, I'm pretty sure. And they look unstoppable, and they look like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they're an absolute machine. Their rebounds, it's, it's 14th. It's eh. You know, it's not the worst. It's not the best. It's kind of in the middle. Uh, as far as the Clippers... They don't really do anything well. They just, I feel like they have dogs. And I feel like they have young players who will try to get the ball in the basket. And who's going to dive on the floor? You know, the, the guys who's going to who's gonna win the tip off. You know, they're going to they're gonna play full court defense, full court press. You know, uh, I feel like they're a good coach team. But in the, at the end of the day, that's not going to do anything for them. Uh, Dallas and Utah. This is an interesting series. Dallas, they are 24th in points per game. Actually, they're 29th. I'm sorry. I'm completely sorry. I, my handwriting's terrible. They're 29th in points per game. They're 27th in rebounds per game. They're 25th in assists per game. And they're second in opponent points per game. The Jazz are 7th in points per game, 3rd in rebounds per game, 27th in assists per game and 10th on opponent points per game. Now, this series is going to be great. I feel like there's going to be a lot of individual scoring for both teams in this series. Um, Donovan Mitchell and Luka, you know. Uh, and I saw an interesting stat. I feel like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have issues that they have relatively pushed to the side to hopefully, you know, increase the odds for a championship. Donovan Mitchell has not passed Rudy Gobert at all this season. Now, I mean, not, not literally at all, but he's only passed to him like 100 times or something like that, 120-something times. That's insane. Through, uh, what, what was it, 70-something games, I think, because they changed it this season, I think. If I'm, if I'm uh, correct, I think they changed it a little bit this season, and it's only 70-something games. 
through 70-something games, you only pass to your big center 120-something times? That's that's an issue. But overall, I think Dallas has better role players than Utah. And I think Dallas, I think Luka is magical. Uh, Luka, he, he's been on the brink of a playoff run the past few seasons when he was in the playoffs, and I think he's due, and I think he's developed enough. Now, Luka does have core problems. I feel like sometimes Luka takes shots that he doesn't need to. He argues with the refs and doesn't get back on defense. The same thing people criticize LeBron for. Uh, he, he has core problems that he needs to get over, and he's a young player, and hopefully he'll get over those problems. But overall, I think it's gonna. This series is gonna go to seven, and I think Luca's gonna pull it out because you know Luca magic. But um, moving on to the Warriors and the Nuggets series, the Warriors are fifteenth in points per game, eighth in rebounds per game, fifth in assists per game, and third in opponent points per game. The Nuggets are tenth in points per game, twentieth in rebounds per game, third in assists per game, and fourteenth in opponent points per game. Now, uh, I'm going to get called crazy because Nikola Jokic is a top player in this league, but I don't believe in him. I don't believe in Nikola Jokic. I think that I think he's an average player. He he does make insane shots. I I, re- I recognize that and I recognize he he's an amazing player. I'm sorry, excuse me. He's an amazing player and he's probably the best center in this league. I just don't believe in him. I don't think he can carry this team to anything past the second round. I mean, if they even get there this this year, <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll beat Golden State. Golden State has really good young players. They have Clay Thompson back. Steph Curry is obviously playing, I believe, if I'm not wrong. And Jordan Poole has developed so much this year. And I feel like he's already, he he was a star last year, but I feel like he's just progressing slowly but surely into a superstar. He's a great guy, great player. I love his personality. He's great for the city. Uh, he's great for California. You know, uh, he, fits, he fits the stereotype. But I feel like Golden State is going to walk through this series. I don't believe in Denver. Denver, they, they haven't shown me enough. They don't have enough firepower. Um, and they're just, they're not ready for for the playoffs. They're not ready for anything past the second round. Like I was saying, I don't believe in Jokic. And I believe in Curry. I believe in Clay. And with Curry and Clay mentoring Jordan Poole, trust me, he's, he's, he's going to be a star, a superstar in this league. Now, um... For the the last series, the second seed versus the seventh seed, as we know, that was a play-in game to get to the seventh seed. I had Minnesota getting there, and it's Memphis versus Minnesota. In my head, the Grizzlies versus Minnesota. Um, the Grizzlies are second in points per game, first in rebounds per game, sixth in assists per game and 12th in opponent points per game. The Timberwolves, to recap, are 1st in points per game, 16th in rebounds per game, 7th in assists per game, and 24th in opponent points per game. 
Now, the Grizzlies have better defense. They have better assist uh, totals. But they're just behind the Timberwolves in points per game. Uh, I believe in John Morant. I think John Morant's a superstar, MVP caliber player. And I believe he's going to lead the Grizzlies deep into the playoffs this year. I believe that he is... He he's he's an NBA champion in the making, um, without a doubt. He's a star. He's a stud. All, and <laughs> I saw a stat that when when John Moran is not playing, the Grizzlies are like fourteen and two. Last time I saw the stat, and that was like two weeks ago, I think. There's something like fourteen and two. That's amazing. When your best player is out of the game and your team has a winning record by a long shot that means that the role players you have on your team are okay when your star player is out of the game when lebron is out of the game what happens his team collapses because the star players the role players are not there they're not making plays and i feel like that's what's going to kill most teams throughout this playoffs is as far as on the Western Conference, the Grizzlies have such a good bench and so many good role players and so much depth at those positions. It's going to be hard for any team to hold the Grizzlies off in seven games. I think that the uh, Grizzlies sweep the Timberwolves in this series. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, John Morant, all the role players. You know, you look at Cat. Cat's done great this year, but I don't feel like the Timberwolves have enough. Uh, you know, all you hear from the Timberwolves is cat, cat, cat. You know, Ant, uh, Anthony Edwards, every now and then, you hear something about him. But Anthony Edwards is too young. He's made for the spotlight, and I know it, but he's just not there yet in his career. He isn't a, He isn't consistent enough. He doesn't make the best decisions all the time. And I feel like that's going to be the downfall of this team as far as in this in this playoff uh, series and just in the playoffs this year in general. If they do somehow beat the Grizzlies in seven games or six games or whatever, they're not going to make it much further. And I, I feel like, um, I feel like that's, that's it. Uh, you know, we're going to move away from the playoffs here. We're still going to be talking about NBA but we're going to be talking about the Lakers. I've talked about the Lakers a lot this uh, in these in these episodes, and they don't necessarily deserve to be talked about. But uh, the Lakers, they did something. They fired their coach, head coach Frank Vogel, and I heard that they were trying to get Nick Nurse, the uh, Raptors head coach. I don't know if he's still coaching for him, but hey, they're trying to get him. They're trying to get the Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse. He's a great coach. Uh, I love Nick Nurse personally. I think that he would do amazing things for the Lakers and their organization. And he, he, he could lead them to the playoffs. Frank Vogel, when he got hired, I don't I didn't know who he was. I still don't know who he is. I mean, I'm just being honest. I have no clue who Frank Vogel is. That is a name that has never crossed my eyes, never been entered into my ears until the day that he got hired. Um, but just uh, 
just to get in some of the problems here for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, he's being paid too much, and he was given way too much slack by Frank Vogel. Russell Westbrook should have been on the bench after the second week of the season. Russell Westbrook did nothing for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he I think he led the team in assists. He led them in rebounds. He 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 was second in points or something like that. But I guarantee he was first in turnovers. I bet he was last in shooting percentage. Did you see Russell Westbrook hit the side of the backboard and the top of the backboard more than I have ever in one season? And I'm not that good at basketball. Anyone that's ever played with me that's listening, you know I'm not that great at basketball. But he hit the side of the backboard and the top of the backboard more than I ever have in one season. And he he, he should have been benched. He's getting paid too much. And honestly, they need to find a way to move off of him because he's declining. He's not going to be any better next season. He... You know, as much as I love Russell Westbrook, and as much as he he's a Hall of Fame player, and I'll go to the grave defending that, but he just he isn't for the Lakers. I know he loves the Lakers; it's his hometown. It's who he's always wanted to play for, but just not right now. You know, you make you making uh you know be the water boy when you retire, whatever you want to do. Um, but Russell Westbrook, he right now. He's projecting towards having the worst Hall of Fame career finish to a career ever by a player. I've never seen something so disappointing in my life as far as the Lakers this season. Uh, Melo, at times he was their best player. Austin Reeves, uh, you know, he's a developing player. He's a good guy, good player. Um, Malik Monk, he's on and off. He's a streaky guy. He's kind of like J.R., uh, except he can jump higher and he's younger. But, I mean, besides them, who do they have? You know, you got Melo, you got AD. You know, you can't even count AD because he's not playing. He's not on the team. He's injured all the time. Uh, it was every two weeks he was hurt with something new. Um, LeBron, even though uh, this is going to introduce into my next um, subject here, LeBron, his legacy as much as people are going to try to sell it to you and as much as people are going to try to make you buy into it, his legacy is not hurt or tarnished at all by this season. LeBron is 37, I believe, and he averaged 30 points a game. 30 points a game at 37 years old. I don't know many people at 37 years old, almost 40, that have that much mileage on their body are going out and dropping 30 every night and just pulling up threes, dunking through the lane, getting blocks. And, you know, throughout LeBron's career, the effort on defense hasn't always been there. But you know why it hasn't always been there? Because he has to save his energy for offense because his team is so terrible they can't produce points when he's out of the game. the, The criticism on LeBron is ridiculous. He averaged 30 his legacy is not hurt at all. He's not going to reach what Jordan did. That's obvious as far as rings. But LeBron James is the GOAT. He's not the best player in the league right now, but he is the GOAT. He is better than Michael Jordan in every single statistic you want to look at besides rings. Period. And if you can't accept that, you're stuck in your ways. 
And, uh, you know, I, I love y'all listening to my podcast, but, I mean, if you don't agree, then I, I'm sorry if I offend you. I mean, LeBron's the GOAT. And in my point of view, I grew up watching LeBron. I didn't grow up watching Jordan. And Michael Jeffrey Jordan has been surpassed as the GOAT. Michael Jordan at 37, he was on the Wizards, I believe, and he was doing god-awful. He was, uh, I think he was averaging like 20, and had low assist and low rebounds a game. I mean, he was still scoring, you know, you can't you can't take the shooter out of an old man, you know. Uh, that's what they always say, you know, Ray Allen, you know, he can still light it up from three. Uh, Shaq, <laughs> I mean, Shaq's hitting, Shaq's hitting deep shots now, so, but regardless, um... I feel like I feel like the Lakers they have to make some major moves, some major changes, or they're they're in trouble for the next few years. Um because when Bronny comes into the league, the Lakers are no longer gonna have LeBron James. Because Bronny or LeBron is going wherever Bronny goes. He already said that. And personally I would love to see it. I'd love to see LeBron play with his son. I think that's something that every father, you know, uh, that's a that's a sports player. If I had to imagine, I'm not a father, but if I had to imagine that that's something that every father wants to do with their son. Um, but just uh, if I had to call it right now, uh, as far as playoffs, Milwaukee's going to win the win the uh, championship again. I love Milwaukee. Coming out of the East, it's either Milwaukee or Boston. Coming out of the West, it's either the Suns or the Suns or Dallas. I'm sorry, Memphis. I love you, John Morant, but uh, eh, you know, young team uh, experience has got to come in somewhere. Um, but yeah, Lakers are in trouble, and uh, I appreciate all the support. I appreciate everyone listening. Please continue if you do. If you're new, please come back and listen. I'm trying to get more consistent. I'm trying to post more. Um, follow uh, me on Twitter at Chilton Sports Official uh, for updates and just uh, announcements for when I post episodes of the podcast. I appreciate everyone coming. I appreciate the support and hope you all have, all have a good day.